Welcome, everybody, to Draft Politics, this podcast that you may have forgotten about, but we have not. Uh, I'm your host, Steve, and with me here it's still, occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. It's still EJ. It's still EJ. How's it going? It's our 75th episode. 75th anniversary of this episode. Uh, you know, I don't know. But yeah. Is that, the diamond? is that the diamond anniversary? Is that, that a diamond episode? That's what I was wondering, episode, too. Does it go. work that way? It seems like we'd, it would, we'd run out of things too fast. So right. we're just going to say it's the 75th episode. Sure. It's a milestone. Yes. Yes, it is. Sure. And we we'll celebrate that milestone with a beer. That sounds like a great idea. So cheers. cheers. I just dripped beer on my laptop. That's not cool. It's a craft beer, so your Actually, MacBook I think it's just will water. be okay. Right. <laughs> So anyhow, uh, hey, how was your wordle today? Did you uh, wordle today? I did not wordle today. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's like once I figured out how the wordle worked, I was like, you know, I feel like I could something underneath. I, I was kind of tempted to cheat on it too much. The mystery, sometimes. the mystery, mystery's was gone. The mystery of a JavaScript file hosted yes. someplace. Yes. So you know, it was nice as when the New York Times, uh, you know, used the capitalism ruins everything mm-hmm. uh, a theme and bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not too worried because I knew. Anybody could just download it and save it on their computer and yeah, play whenever they one. wanted to. And Wordle 2, The Revenge. Yeah, you could, right? You got you like three years of Wordles, people. It's, it's yeah. fine. It'll be, okay. o- it'll be okay. If you need instructions, just DM us or tweet yeah. at us and we'll right. give you instructions we'll, for how maybe, to right-click. Maybe we'll click. go to GitHub and set up one of the clones of Wordle, yeah, you know. know, put it on a browser somewhere. We'll do political Wordle. Political Wordle. There you go. Oh, It'll be just names of politicians. politicians. See? We're here. Five-letter names of politicians. Yeah. So that'll be challenging. Okay, well, uh, during the course of today's thing, I will be interjecting five-letter <laughs> politicians' names. Palin. Pay- uh, Sorry. Well, Biden. Y- you've already Biden, ru- we're good. You've already we're good. Right, we're fine. <laughs> so we've got a, a, a you know a bit of a different setting today. Yes, um, we're changing things up a little bit here. So normally our our rule is we're going to breweries around Chicago and their tap rooms. Well, today we are at the Lincoln Square Tap Room, which is technically a violation of our rules, but we're changing a little bit. You know, like you should maybe adjust the filibuster right. a little bit right. to get some things done. But, you know, hey. If we're asking the Senate to be flexible, we too we can too be, need to be flexible. So, yeah, yeah. Mansion it's Cinema, come to us. Let's have a beer summit yeah. at the Lincoln Square Tap Room, right. which is lovely. So, this is in Lincoln Square. It's right on Lincoln. It used to be the Hooten Bar. Yes. Um, I mean, I, 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 since I moved to Chicago, this has been my favorite part of Chicago. Um, and you'll know this place if you've walked through the areas, you yeah. know, with all the open windows, you know, and, yeah. and it's a very, it used to be like a very old school German bar. It's been updated, but it like keeps the same vibe. Yeah. And so cool. really like it. And I know we've got some cross country skiing on the uh, TV because oh, the yes. Winter Olympics. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So that's great. It's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on the Norwegian guy. That's always a good bet, or the Finnish guy. Uh, uh, no, this isn't biathlon. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So. They're the ones who can shoot. Right, right, That's right, right. This it. is just just skiing, just skiing. Okay, well, so. there you go. So there's so, been a lot that's been new. <laughs> What's going on? I have no idea. Like I, I don't know. There's some politics going on. Uh, there's been a a virus thing. What's what's that about? I, I don't. know. I think that's gone, man. I think that's gone. We're all better. It's perfect. Everything's oh, fine. Everything's fine. So <laughs> here we are. Depending so on where you are in the country. Yeah. At the that's the thing that sort of blows my mind about yeah. this right now. It's like, so we're here in Chicago, as you might expect. And 
the reason why we feel comfortable being at a bar without masks drinking beer is because the positivity rate's under 4% now. Yeah. Like, okay, we're we're back to that area where it's like, it's not zero risk, but it's like, okay, we're managing. It feels pretty manageable. We're feeling okay. Yeah. Um, where two weeks ago, it was at 22%. Right. And, you know, I was actually supposed to be doing a trip to Vegas next week uh, for the Super Bowl and all that sort of stuff. And then... Uh, their positivity rate is like, oh, it's coming down now, but it's still at like 30%. <laughs> so it's, it's a little strange, but, you know, I'm glad that, you know, we've managed things pretty well here in Chicago and, you know, maybe our just sort of natural tendency to hibernate this time of year has, has, has helped, helped us out a yeah. little bit. Yeah, maybe. Well, kids are still going to school. Yeah. And, you know, thanks maybe to Maybe like that little delay in going back to school by, you know, caused by CPS maybe helped us a bit. I, it it may have CTU not caused yeah, by CPS caused CTU. by but let's just say task failed successfully yes <laughs> right <laughs> right um, it, it's a it's it's interesting I'll say that at, at our kids school somebody tests positive once a week right at least but yeah. there the rules have changed so significantly most kids aren't staying home because most kids are vaccinated and if they're not. If they don't have any symptoms, they don't have to stay home, even if they were a close contact. Okay. And now, thanks to a downstate judge, you actually don't need to wear a mask at CPS schools. Or in one of 142 school districts that were sued, um, that this downstate judge said, and I quote, children are freed from the masks. <laughs> 900,000 people have died from COVID. Yeah. In the United States. In the United like, States. Like, you know, we're not talking worldwide because yeah. that's a whole other number. And, you know, Omicron is probably doing a lot of bad things in, you know, places like Africa, et cetera, et cetera, where it's just not, you know, vaccines are not as prevalent. You know, even if Omicron is nominally more mild, it's not, it's not nothing at this right. point. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. So there's that. That's happy. Well, but actually some good news. Stephen Breyer has said he's retiring. Yes. Yes, it was he was very obstinate about that for a little while and I th- I have a feeling that maybe some of the recent deliberations over certain Supreme Court cases of coming up he's just like, "Okay, maybe you have a point." Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe I can't talk these people into doing more moderate reasonable things and so we got to make sure that pick is going to be okay. So, yeah. Um I forget the name of, uh, there was a particular uh, choice uh, Biden was looking at for a nominee. I forget her name, uh, but he's very much committed to it being a black woman, which would be a first for the court, um, which has caused many on the right to be angsty about it being reverse racism, which isn't a thing. Um, Not a thing. So, yeah. Uh, J. Michelle Childs. I don't think that was the one, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Could be any. Could be. I don't know. Um, there's we, also there's, no, uh, there's not an official Brown nomination Jackson. at this point. Yeah, That's so, the one I'm thinking okay. of. Yes. Either way, right? It's uh, the you know Biden committed to this during the election. Yeah. And I hundred percent just as Reagan committed to nominating a woman. Like it's yeah. it's a it's a hundred percent supportive. But of course, pearl clutching ensues. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. And, it, you know, re- representation matters, and and you know we've had. How many <laughs> how many centuries of only white guys on the on the uh, the court? So a good change. Well, don't forget Thurgood Marshall. Oh, okay. I mean, 
but it's true, right? Yeah. Like, so because <laughs> Biden said that, I think Biden said that too. He's like, well, you know, it's all been all white guys. People are like, whoa, 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 what about Thurgood Marshall? So, okay, well, um, yeah. Now you know who it's not going to be. It's not going to be Kamala Harris. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I mean, you can just see that the the backbends, the contortions that people take to find something to be extra angry about. Like, yeah. ooh, wait, could we get, you know, like, how about Pelosi? Maybe we'll say it's going to be Pelosi. Wait, well, hold on. She's white. Oh, yeah, can't. Okay, but uh, Kamala Harris, we don't like her. She <laughs> makes be, people angry. It'll be Pelosi in blackface. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Problem solved. But that's a good thing. Um, and uh, it looks like Doug Jones, who used to be the senator from Georgia, uh, Alabama, Alabama, um, Alabama, is going to be in charge of shepherding that process through. Okay. Well, yeah, like, hey, hey, man. Hey, Doug Jones. I'm glad you still got good something to, to do. Glad, yeah, glad, you're, like, glad you're doing all right. Glad yeah. somebody found something for you to do. Yeah. Um, I have a whole section in here about the general January 6th committee and all of the things going on around that. We also have our typical uh, section for fuck's sake, Joe Manchin. Which way would you like to go? Choose your own adventure. Oh, I'm all about the January 6th commission. That's, that's good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired of talking about Joe Manchin, but you know, yeah, we kind of have I mean, to. The, the whole thing could just be for fuck's sake, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Stinnemann. I mean, they're, they're working yeah. well together now and oh, yeah. doing nothing. So, the sheer amount, the sheer volume of information that we continue to get about what's happened and what happened around and before January 6th is stunning to me. Just yeah. stunning. I mean, none of it fundamentally surprises me, but it's just like the details are... Like every time you get a, like a new detail, it's like, I'm not surprised, but wow. <laughs> yeah. So... The first kind of big revelation for me that that really made me step back was the whole deal around the false electors, right? And we knew at the time that they were out there, right? Banging on the, you know, the the doors of the legislatures in, you know, Michigan, Arizona, et cetera. But to hear that they forged documents yeah. that said that they were the duly elected representatives of the state and sent those to the ar archives as if they're true I, you know yeah really surprised me yeah <laughs> and there's evidence that in, in well in, it it sounds like there will be prosecution of that right so so when uh the attorney general for michigan uh nesser came out and said like hey did you you know we referred this to the federal government because this is a crime yeah you know like I honestly thought, like, oh, look at these idiots, and they're banging on the door, but uh, not not thinking about, like, that it's fraud. actually a crime, right? <laughs> and, and, of course, this, is, this goes back to the, the thing that we've said several times. If people on the right are accusing somebody of something, it's probably because that's what they're doing. Yes. So this oh, yeah, is yeah. actual election fraud, not... Well, if it's, or attempted fraud. I feel fraud. like... The last few years, we've learned a lot about laws we didn't know we had and yeah, that's true. Uh, laws we knew we had, but were really more kind of like understandings that, you know, if nobody's actually enforcing it per se, then you can kind of get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, so this has been interesting. Um, then there's that little back and forth between Trump and Pence <laughs> yeah. about, you know, can, can, can he overturn the election or yeah. not? So, I mean, I think it is notable to, to recognize that Donald Trump and his tiny little, tiny, minuscule little rallies is now saying, yeah, we should have, that, that he was trying to overturn the results. Yeah. That everything that happened on the 6th was trying to do it. Um, that Pence should have done it and should be investigated that because he didn't do it. Right. And you're like, okay, oh, so he's just embracing this now, right? Yeah. This is going to be the line now from yeah. here on out. There's yeah. no this more is, this is, yeah, quiet yeah, his, part. his next attempt at running for election is just the control Z or open Apple Z, depending on your, your laptop. Uh, for There's still an open Apple? Still okay. an open Apple. Well, I guess huh. it's command. It doesn't have an Apple on it anymore. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah, that is kind of I always think of it as open Apple. How am I supposed though? to know how to get out of Oregon Trail? That's right. <laughs> that yeah, precedes sorry. the open Apple. That he's what just going to go back, probably say that his first term doesn't even count, right? So Right. Oh, yeah, no, because he needs to run for re-election again. And, I mean, here's the thing, though. It's like, at some point, I don't know if you can hear this, everybody, but in the background... Is a true Chicago radiator trying to come to life and keep us warm, or somebody's trying to? Someone has been locked away <laughs> sounds, in the wall behind us. It sounds like somebody's three-year-old is just wailing on a radiator with a wrench. <laughs> you know what? Both could be true. Possibly, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is the worst techno music. <laughs> Why don't we give this a minute? Why don't we pause and give this a minute? Okay. I don't know if you can hear this, everybody, but we're done with the uh, knocking of the radiators, and we have Du Hast playing in the background, which I, I have a very fond memory of this song. Uh, right. We went to do karaoke one night and with some friends, and there was this one woman who was like four foot like maybe not quite five foot like just just going to work on this song and it was amazing <laughs> du hast me gefragt right yes you asked me to marry you i i, I, and I, I did said french no. i i truly don't know nice. it just sounds angry i like it it could be klingon it probably should be klingon anyhow uh it, it's what the we best about? german language song i know right um that isn't sung by david hasselhoff uh, fair. Uh, so, so when we last left our our intrepid travelers, so we were talking about January sixth. I think we were, and you know, Trump just saying again, it's just now going to be out loud, right? He's yeah. just going to say, "I was actually elected president, and everything that happened on the sixth was just fine, and Pence yeah. spineless and should be hung." I, I I saw but could not verify this idea that there is a board game available for sale on rnc.org that's essentially hang mike pence <laughs> i did not know about again, this in that's a, amazing uh, in a this is the weirdest timeline a positive thing that happened at the federalist society this week <laughs> was <laughs> a phrase that was actually never uttered in the english language uh, until now <laughs> especially followed by something that i agree with mike pence on right Mike Pence was there and speaking at the Federalist Society. 
and said like, no, the, you know, the former president is wrong. No one single person should be able to overturn I'm the will of the people. I'm extremely curious, to know, and I mean, you may know this, is like, how did the Federalist Society react to that? Were they like, oh yeah, or were they booing, or... I don't... Because I feel like, like the Federalist Society, like, I totally disagree with them, and they're very right-wing, and all of that, which, I don't know, talking about all of this with German in the background does feel a little does on the nose. Does feel a little weird, doesn't it? <laughs> but, um, uh, but I'm like, I'm like, were they, like, booing him, or were they, like, being jurist-type people that they're like, yeah, no, he has a point, this is clearly the legal interpretation, da 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 I don't know. I don't know. Origi- I, well, I don't know what's what's the originalist uh, interpretation of all of that. I, Back when I we had a king. Know. I don't yeah, know. I, uh, uh, um, so. so, and of course, there's been back and forth now between Trump and Pence proxies about, you know, because Pence is trying to, you know, everybody in the Republican Party wants to run for president in 2024. Right. I mean, well, I mean, Cruz, it, it's. Holly. Why like, wouldn't you? I yeah, mean, I mean think about this, like just Trump, Pence, Trump, Trump. Probably four got, Trumps are going to run. Got a, a, you've got Biden, who is not necessarily that well aligned with some elements of the Democratic Party, who managed to get through on a fairly narrow win on the first run through. You've got a I mean, defined fairly, fairly narrow. Well, I didn't win by. I mean. He won by a huge amount in the popular vote, but in terms of the electoral vote in whatever states, like it was not, it was he not a runaway slim, election. Slim margins in some key yes. electoral yes. states, yes. but not not razor thin margins. No, 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 no. But like what I'm saying is like if you're going into the next election, like the amount you have to move the needle is not huge there, and so and you've got an economy that's a little weird. Weird is a good word. Yeah. Um, you've still got covid around maybe like there's a lot of things yeah. that might play in an election where like this is a great opportunity because even if i'm a giant asshole i might still win because people were disappointed with you know that biden didn't uh didn't cancel uh student loans or or whatever it is so anyhow um so everybody's running for president Everything. apparently right yes I, I mean but again this is 2022 we've got the midterms to go there's the Nothing oh, we're not that, in 2024 yet. Oh, nothing that confused. is the case now <laughs> will be the case in 2024 right. when the election actually happens. Yeah. So, um, I, the other thing really interesting that came out was um, Representative Jordan from Ohio. We've got records now that said he talked to the former president for at least 10 minutes on the morning of the of the attack. You know, actually. Not that surprising, but, you know, I said attack, and maybe that's the most surprising thing that's come out this week. Um, The RNC at their annual meeting in Utah decided to censure uh, Adam Kinzinger, outgoing representative from Illinois, uh, who's not seeking re-election, and Liz Cheney, yes, um, the representative from Wyoming, who is seeking re-election. they decided to <laughs> censure them. They actually, the original proposal was to kick them out of the Republican co- Party altogether. Right. But that got watered down to, we're not going to well, support them. Are they not reasonable? I, I yeah. appreciate their, their effort to be moderate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but out of that, uh, uh, 
I know her name's not Ronald McDonald, but in my head, Ronald McDonough or whatever her name is, that it always just Ronald McDonald. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the chair of the Republican Party. Ronald McDonald's right. Right, exactly. And niece of? Uh, I don't know. Mitt Romney. Oh, well, there you go. Very interesting. Said, you know, the justification for this was Kinzinger and Cheney's alignment with Nancy Pelosi's attempt to criminalize the legitimate political discourse yes. that happened on the well, 6th of it, January. And, and if you're in the rabbit hole, it all sort of makes a kind of sense, right? Because it's like, well, the bad elements in all of that were Antifa, right? So you're just... That's just people protesting. Why are you? Why are you making a big deal about it? It is. It is shocking. Remember, futureformerrepublicans.com, I still own. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I know lots of people who are constitutionally conservative. We should that set means. up. We should set up a wordle on that. <laughs> Fiscally conservative. I, there are lots of people who I think probably would have aligned themselves with the Republican Party. That I would say, how could you justify that now? Yeah. How could you justify that now? You know, and if they do try to justify it, I will hit them with a flagpole and spray them with bear spray and say, this is <laughs> perfectly uh, reasonable discourse. Legitimate yes. political discourse, yes. I believe. Yes, yes. So uh, join us on our new podcast, Bear Spray and Flagpoles. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag legitimate political I discourse. Think, <laughs> uh, you know, and again, it's not funny, but if we don't laugh, what are we going to do? Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Um, I did find that very interesting. Now, the other, the other thing I would say um, as we think about the midterms um, is that, and some good, interesting midterm news here, is that like, the sort of anti-Trump people are raising more money. Now, maybe they're raising it from people who are going to end up voting for Democrats but, or right. in their own districts. But, you know, the Cheneys of the world, um, the, the Myers of the world in Michigan who, you know, are not pro-Trump and haven't been pro-Trump in a while are raising more money. You know, that said, there is a, just an astounding array of extremely right-wing candidates that are out there. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's terrifying. Right. Like it is it really is terrifying to hear, you know, candidates. Well, and and what happens is like a candidate says something extreme to appeal to part of the party. And then if you want to appeal to that same part of the party, you have to say something even more extreme. And so it's just it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse until at some point, presumably, hopefully that's. There's just not enough of a slice of the party to actually win office. We haven't found that yet. Uh, uh, and that maybe that's the scary point, right? Yeah. Like, we haven't hit that point where we... <laughs> right. It's fascism all the way down, people. <laughs> um, speaking of that, Madison fucking Cawthorn. <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 that, is that Madison's Christian name? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Like, Ingve fucking Malmstein. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... <laughs> But in that case, it's good. Yes. Ingve fucking I, First of all, I did not know that there was a law around keeping people from being on uh, 
a ballot if they have engaged in insurrection. <laughs> and and it's perfectly reasonable law. It comes from the Civil War because it turns out that was an issue back then. It did, yeah. Uh, back did, then, did, in as my kid says, heavy air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I... Who, who knew? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we just need this for the next 20 years. Like, oh, well, maybe another couple hundred years yeah. later, you might actually come back to it. So there you go. So this is actually pretty fascinating, right? He, so Madison Cawthorn uh, in the Carolinas, <laughs> um, you know, he, there is a lawsuit right now trying to keep him off the ballot because of this anti-insurrection candidate law. Yeah. And... It seems like there is a legitimate argument there, not just because he engaged in an insurrection, but the way the law is written and what he actually participated in, what he actually said. Yeah. You have to fight. You have to take it back. We have to go now and do it. Like those yeah. things could be used against him. Of course, he's countersued. But, I mean, again, remember, this is a guy who um, lied about uh, everything, <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> to get his current seat, right? Like, yeah. um, I, I, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, and you know, we have people who have been in a part of the January sixth insurrection that have, at this point, been, um, they are being prosecuted for seditious conspiracy. So it's not like, like the insurrection part of this is well within the bounds of what we're talking about. Now, of course. What is a court in the Carolinas going to say about what is insurrection and what isn't? Odds are, I suspect this guy probably remains on the ballot because who's setting up the courts in the Carolinas? But a, a for effort to I, no, try to I, keep us it, from it's, be turning it's into worthwhile. And, a and actually, one hole. of the things that you said there is act, is is super important because most of what I say is super important. But go yeah, on, everything you say is super. But the part about people being prosecuted for sedition is actually pretty new. Yeah. Right? So um, the first sedition charge was only brought in the last few weeks against the head of the Oath Keepers, yeah. right? And it feels like it was a year ago, but, you know, pandemic. Yeah, does exactly. That. Um, Time is a flat circle. Right. I, yeah. Right. But yeah, but, but there's definitely been a layering of, like, they went after the, sort of the smaller people who were right. basically just doing tourism off hours in the capital to the point of people who are actually like, you know, breaking into things, waving around flagpoles and attacking people. And they've been in the and the level of criminality has been going up the further right. they've gone. It, into this. It's felt very much like uh, a slow version of a movie mob trial thing. Yeah. Right. Like I'm going to arrest up. this guy. We'll lean on him. Right. And then yeah. like um, the other interesting video that's come out in the last couple of days has been someone essentially running a tour for the insurrectionist during the insurrection, leading them to Nancy Pelosi's office. Somebody up to this point has not been identified Yeah, because I know publicly. that's like something that had been mentioned in the past, but yeah. like there has... Now we have a video of him, which means... Yeah. He'll be doxxed soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whew. Anyway. So, so that's the January 6th. Uh, legitimate political discourse segment. I, I do want to ask you this question, and we'll come <laughs> yes. back to this. Uh, yes. We we were talking about gambling earlier, so five dollar bet okay. uh, over under. Uh huh. Date that the select committee report will be released. Oh, date the select committee. Let me think. 
I'm gonna As go, Steve thinks about I'm gonna this, go he's weighing things like first. Ooh, all right, October first. Okay, I'll definitely take the under. Okay. I mean, I think I'm, August. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling election vibe to it. Yeah. So, yeah, but August sometime 30th. like later, like yeah, like I feel like late. Enough. Like I feel like if I was making the odds in Vegas, I'd go September. Mm. So you know. Yeah, that would be a tougher one. I'd still probably take the under. Right. Well, that's why, you know, you want it to be close enough to the election that it can still be part of the news cycle and rehash the news cycle. Right. But not close enough that people can fundraise uh, persecution fundraise on it. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So So we'll have to revisit that at some point if we remember. Yeah. We're still here. If we're between, you know, viral cycles and all that, you know, exactly. hey, who knows? Anyway, have you been watching Station Eleven? So <laughs> I, I started wa- watching Station Eleven, and then I and got then distracted I, and with And then my Wordle. dreams that the night after we started watching Station Eleven were like, nope, we're not going to watch that anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> For those of you who aren't aware of what Station Eleven is, it's a show about the apocalypse that Cosby starts a? with <laughs> a pandemic. And it's featured in Chicago. Yeah. So, like, you see people in, like, Lake Point Tower, like, bunkering down because everybody's dying around them. I can't imagine why my brain would have latched onto that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a fantastic show, though. If you can, if you can get your, your subconscious to get on board with it, it's actually really good. But, and uh, uh, none of them have beer. That feels, like a, that feels like a midsummer, like... I'm, we're between oh. waves kind of show I should catch up on. Midsummer... Is that's a good joke, funny joke, good reference. Okay, so for fuck's sake, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, ah, yes. don't have to worry about anything right now because people are scared of everything else. And as long as they support the Supreme Court nominee, they're probably going to be okay. Bernie Sanders is still going to go after them. Yeah, yeah. Five letter politician named Nixon. That's another good one. one. Yes. Um. I, I don't know that there's anything to say about Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema other than other than Kirsten Cinema really has no fundraising now annoying. outside of Republicans. Yeah. So if you look at where her money co- is coming from right now, it's all people who primarily donate to Republicans. That doesn't surprise me. No, no. I think if she's smart, she just steps away from that and goes and becomes a contributor to MSNBC. Gulp. <laughs> I mean, that would be the natural career progression. Uh, yeah. It's a, yeah. The, the whole situation um, there is, is. I, I did want to bring up during this part of the conversation, a, a, a friend of mine had watched all of the discussion around the voting rights vote. Yeah. And so basically, if you weren't following this, um, they, they actually took it to the floor to have a vote on voting rights. And basically gave the opportunity for Mansion and Cinema to break the filibuster and uh, for this purpose of passing yeah. like voting rights laws that that otherwise Mansion has been perfectly in support of. He just says he doesn't want to change the filibuster to do it. And so my friend's comment: I watched the entirety of the voting rights debate on the Senate floor all the way through the final roll call vote on changing the rules of the filibuster. It increased my feelings of helplessness. And I think that's the the biggest danger. I think to the biggest the biggest risk to our democracy continuing 
And the, the most likely thing to drive us into fascism is the sense that people can't fix what is broken. Yeah, that sense and of that helplessness. Showing up to vote isn't going, like, no matter what you do, is not going to be enough to actually fix yeah. things. Well, and I think I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and this is a, a debate that I've brought up a little bit before, is that when you are say constantly making jokes about things that are terrifying to cope with it is that a good or a bad thing and i don't know what that is right. I, I don't know you know because i i think if you look at how especially various media sources report things you know i think the natural outcome of the way they do them is either blind anger sarcasm or maybe asking prompting people to learn a little bit more and i think that the blind anger and sarcasm routes are the extreme are, are the the majority right yeah and neither one of those things frankly you know and i recognize pot black and all of that um is that neither one of those things is actually makes the republic democracy healthier yeah um because if you you know if you hear something and you're like boy that sounds bad and then Stephen colbert makes a very funny joke about it and you're like oh i don't have to worry about it because i've just laughed about it right. right right and that's i think that that is the the well, yeah the leftist reaction to things leftist in the you know the liberal relative kind of, yes uh-huh. Slightly uh, to the okay. left of mansion yeah. leftist. <laughs> um, we're, we understand this, and because we understand it, we're so smart, we can make a joke about it. Ha, 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 ha. Um, and we must be in control of it, which yeah. we are not. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, and it becomes, it's like, it, it, you know, we get into that that pit of, you know, falling into cynicism and, and it makes us less like, like, I feel like that is the, the biggest risk we have is that we get cynical, we make jokes about it, and then it's like, come to election. Uh, I will take another one of those. That was a doppelbock. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in our 75 podcasts, we've actually had somebody ask to bring us a beer. That's that not is, true. It is totally true. Every other time, it's been 100% bar service at all of our... We've had we've had people come and ask us for things at. Uh, uh, oh, you're right. You're right. Twisted hippo. Twisted hippo. Yeah. Sorry. Cut that. <laughs> Edit that in the post. Edit please. that out. Sorry about that. Revisionist history. Yeah, exactly. That uh, never happened. Right what the, the hell memory was I saying? Something dis- depressing, I'm sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, no, but I think it's like it's hard to argue an optimistic take on things that we all worked very hard to keep Trump out of power, to get Biden into power. And yes, Biden is imperfect. And yes, he's dealing with a Senate that is a hot mess. But the answer is not give up. The answer is double down. But it's awfully fucking hard to convince people of that because it's the instinct. is like, I'm just ex- like, I tried so hard to get behind this and it's not going anywhere and it's exhausting. And so then, and which kind of feeds into, you know, Donald Trump and, and, and all of that? The answer 
is not to give up. The answer, the answer is, not is to, to give double up. down. And the only way that we will really get past that drift towards fascism is by continuing to win elections over and over until there's no there's there's no obvious path to power in acting that way. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, we're going to see in this next election, it's not looking real positive right now. Now, who knows once we get towards well, let, let's November. Pin that. But let's pin that. We'll talk about yeah, that. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it. You know, you know the, the January 6th findings will come out in October, and then that'll change everything. Sure. Right in August when they come out. Right. Right will, in August. Uh, it Wait. will change things. Um, we should talk a little bit about... The international situation. Yes, I think we should actually pause for a moment, and then we will will go to the international thing. Oh, yes, international. So, to move on from cynicism and the dark aspects of our political system, let's talk about the possibility of Russia invading Ukraine. Yay! Yay. My, my inner Cold War childhood is not thrilled with any of this. <laughs> like, I just have visuals of, of the war games. You know, war games are like yeah. the, the... It's like starting to like just... Nuclear strikes happening faster and faster. Like Whopper I'm like, is running those things. I, yeah. I mean, when somebody says, like, nothing you learned in elementary school can help you now. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> Existential fear that I learned in, in elementary school yes. really coming duck, back duck to me now. Duck and cover, kids. Um, yeah, so um, if you're not up to date on this, uh, Russia has been uh, moving troops uh, to... It seems invade Ukraine. Um, they have been doing war games in Belarus that would sort of put them in a good position uh, and to invade part of Ukraine. Uh, I believe it's on the north side of Ukraine. There is um, they've been doing some like marine kind of stuff to like yeah. basically they're kind of moving to sort of surround Ukraine and hit it from all sides. Whether they're going to do this or not, we will we will find out. Yeah. Um, but it's it's all very unsettling. And ostensibly, you know, we're like, well, we're moving troops there because of the NATO talking to the Ukraine about allowing Ukraine into NATO. And, of course, Russia doesn't want that. I, you know, Russia has always been a country that wants a buffer from other folks, right? Like, yes. they, want some, they want some buffer there. Fine. Um and you heard things like Putin saying the U.S. is trying to goad us into war. Yeah. Right. So, you know, very strong misinformation campaign that's already started. Cyber yeah. attacks on Ukrainian assets already started. Um, and a lot of kind of the same sort of stuff that we saw in our elections. Uh, effectively. Yeah, that's true. Um and also, there's been uh, reporting that has been put out by the State Department uh, showing that Russia has been thinking about or setting up uh, false flag operations. Basically, that like yeah. having video of what seems to be Ukrainian forces with Western backing attacking Russians, and right. and that being their motivation to invade the country. 
Yeah, and it, it seems like part of the strategy here is to just get ahead of the news cycle, of the false news cycle. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I, what does it matter? Because I'm like, like, Russia's going to do what they do, and, and Europe and, can respond to that, and the U.S. can respond to that in whatever way they do. But, like, like it's not like anybody's, like, going to, like, pa- you know, take them to court over it. Like, I'm, like, I'm trying yeah. to figure out, like, what, what is the import of making it seem like you had a good reason to do it? Well, but I think that if you look at the history of misinformation, yeah. um, a big part of the, the goal of misinformation is not to convince people of the wrong things. It's just to confuse people. And so if you take some of that out, because so if you're able to confuse people long enough to slow down their response, then the longer you're in a certain state, the closer that becomes to the status quo ante. So yeah. if you're taking away that ability to sow confusion for a week... So, I mean, let's just say that Russia invades, but they put out all this propaganda that says, oh, look, the... the Actually, the Ukrainians attacked us first. Like, there's just enough, maybe just enough confusion to delay a coordinated response. Yeah. Which means there's time for the Russians to be there and say, like, no, we've, we've always been here. <laughs> what do you mean? Right. Um, and, and so I, I think that you are taking away tools. You're taking away those techniques. I, I don't know if well, it's going to work. I'm not Anthony and I, Blinken. And I, you know, and... I suppose, like, if you look at it from the perspective of, like, the leadership of the different countries that are, you know, nominally reacting to all of this, that's one thing. And, like, are they going to buy into this? No, they have sources that will let them know this is all BS. But um, but what do the people do? Yeah. And how do they react? And are they going to be like, well, maybe the Russians have a point, you know? And how many Facebook posts put up by, you know trolls that are out of Russia are going to say, or no, Tucker it's Carlson. the U.S. has been provoking Russia and they're just trying to protect Remember, themselves. Tucker Carlson and, said and Ukraine that this week. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I, you know, I will say like in a very abstract, like foreign policy conversation, could you say that, you know, Europe and the U.S. have been, you know, they've pushed NATO further than was clearly comfortable to Russia, et cetera. Okay, fine. And and in that conversation, I'm willing to, you know, willing to entertain it. But, like, in the moment of this is all going on, like, Russia is very clearly an aggressor against a country that has very much determined that they don't want to be part of Russia. Of I the mean, Russian sphere. Right. right. And so, you you know, you have to... You have to respect their sovereignty and 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 to what extent you can protect their sovereignty and so the argument in that context doesn't really fit yeah unless you are a russian propaganda network which apparently fox news is i guess i don't even know anymore just when they have to be yeah just when they have to be um i i did you know earlier uh kind of getting away from the international you had talked about you know how bad 2022 could be, the midterms could be. Um, Obama is also a five-letter uh, politician name, by the way. Yes. Good, um, good point. I, something, 
I've been paying attention to a lot, and actually our last episode had a lot of discussion about maps, right? both congressional and city uh, ward maps. Um, I've found myself very much bothered by these ideas of sort of scorekeeping in the congressional map redistricting. Yeah. And like people like celebrating and, and decrying, you know, the aggregate like, oh, oh, Republicans are plus three or Democrats are plus two in the redistricting. Well, it plays into the horse race kind of well, way we look well, at all this stuff. Well, and also just to me, you either believe that the redistricting process should be fair and should be based on properly representing people as they are, right. or it should be a tool to consolidate power for whoever gets to do that. Yeah. Those are the two choices. And this isn't a Republican or Democrat thing. It's a, like those are the two choices. And by, by kind of like celebrating or decrying one, you know, a, a net for, for one party or the other, I think that that reinforces the message that that it's supposed to be a political It's all just tool. a power game and yeah. who cares about what's actually yeah. happening. And, you know, and I, yeah, I, um, I had seen people who were like very upset that Illinois was redistricting in a way that basically was cutting some Republicans out of power because of, and we were gerrymandering this state. And the reality is I am against gerrymandering in general, but in the scheme of what we're talking about now, where it's like we've got, you know, various Republican states gerrymandering, you know, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just, univer- you know, unilaterally disarm? But what I want to see is like, and, and kind of my response to it was like, as soon as Texas has said, hey, we're going to get rid of this, like, cool, let's get rid of it, too. Like, we need to yeah. have, I am absolutely willing to w- walk away from that stuff. I'd rather we walked away from that stuff because I want our system to be represented. I want want to be representative i want them to be competitive yeah and because i think the biggest like Uh, the biggest problem we have is like that uh, there's very little competition for some of these seats where it's like because the seat is so radically one direction great band that there's not much room for that in between I, i do think it's a hard problem to solve um yeah but I also think that the idea that it shouldn't be competitive is is not right. So here's the funny part of the episode where I pretend like I can read something 20 feet away. (laughs) I did. No, no, they are not. Uh, What was the half? I just got these glasses updated so I can almost read it. Can I have a 10 ounce of that? Thank you. That's a that's a that's a not moderate beer. <laughs> it's very good, but it's like that's like it's ten or ten or fourteen somewhere in that ballpark. The big hugs? No, really? Oh. The big hugs? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's boy. like definitely confusing that with a different beer. Yeah. Anyway, no, it's like a, it's a coffee stout. It's very good. Oh, excellent. Thank you. We'll be for the we'll be wheeling EJ out of here now. <laughs> I might not finish this. Cheers. <laughs> Thought this was a different beer. Might not finish it. We haven't even talked about beer. Well, taste your beer. Let's let's see if it was if it's worth the uh, the cost. Oh, that's very good. It is very good. That is. 
Wow, that is that. that yeah, is you very can taste good. that it's not. <laughs> That's very wild good. beer. <laughs> so anyway, I think that the you know the keeping score makes it difficult to feel <laughs> like we're we're doing the right things. Again, I don't as yeah, most things. No, I agree. I, I'm just a middle aged white guy complaining about things. I don't have any answers. So um, I, I struggle with this though. I struggle with this, and when I talk to folks about it, like should we be gerrymandering should we fight fire with fire as they say um now if somebody said like we could gerrymander uh say marjorie taylor green out of their seat like that seems objectively good right right um and i i even question the means to an end though yeah i even question the the does a seat need to be competitive you know, how do you measure representativeness? Well, of, yeah, and yeah. I think it's like, if we were going to, like, take a step back from all of this and we're going to design a system that was fair, it would be districts that are relatively compact, you know, across a given geography. Because then right. it, it has two two advantages. One is that the people who are in that area are are represented by people who are similar nominally to them um and if you're running for that seat it does make it a little bit easier to actually run a campaign there because you're not having to deal with a weird expanse of territory because it's all spread out because of gerrymandering right um but you know it's like it's these states where it's like well the demographics are 55 percent democrat 45 percent republican but the balance of the seats ends up being you know, 70, 30, like, okay, something's broken there. Yeah. Um, You don't expect it to perfectly align, but it should be close. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think that that's, uh, again, I I think you don't necessarily need to be competitive in all districts. Yeah. All right. Like, could you make a competitive representative seat in Chicago? No. No. Oh, Republican? No, yeah, no, yeah. Republican seat. No. Not party wise. Like anyway, like I'm like, I'm like, well, like you took like Edison Park, like kind of like like, you'd have to like have this like weird like you of like where do all the like cops and firefighters live around Chicago? <laughs> well, yeah, like Edison Park and some high rises downtown, right? Like, right, right. Like where Rauner, like used where do to the live? bankers live? Yeah, and where do the cops Ken and Griffin? firefighters live? Um, and, yeah, we haven't even talked about Ken Griffin, and that's going to be a whole. We could do a whole other thing on yeah. Ken Griffin. Um, I, one other non-Illinois thing I want to talk about, and really just briefly, there's going to be a new social media platform soon. I can't wait. The Truth Social. Truth Social. That sounds like a place I want to be because I like truth right. and being social. Yeah, well, and, you know, this week uh, Facebook recorded the single largest reduction in value in stock market history. Yes. And of course, the former uh, criminal president said like, oh, that was because his social network is about to spin up. Sure. Truth Social. Truth Social. So there's a holding company (laughs) that is supposed to own Truth Social along with another media company. Okay. Yeah. And that happens. Like Alphabet owns Google. Sure. Technically. Uh, Well, and. And they actually are publicly traded because they there's there was a SPACs and, and look it's anyway 
Yeah. But they released a revenue projection pro forma this week. Okay, great. Because they want people to buy their stock. They want people to invest in it. Right? Absolutely. Why Bill wouldn't King you? the Rubes. Yeah, that's capitalism, man. So it's 2022. They have their Truth Social. They're saying Truth Social will earn $1 million this year. $1 million. Is revenue. that... Uh, one million dollars is that gross? Is that net? What is that? No, that's what just that's just EBITDA, right? Just revenue, right? Oh, it's so, just revenue. Okay. Yeah. So all right. Okay. okay. So that's on it's like all right. Sixteen million users. So they're predicting sixteen million users. They're going to earn one million dollars. Great. Okay. Sure. Sure. In twenty twenty three, they think that uh, that corporation will earn one hundred and fifteen million. On 41 million users <laughs> from the social network and 4 million users from the, so, from the streaming network. Oh, okay. Okay, okay buddy. <laughs> uh, okay, buddy. So this pro forma says by 2026, it'll be a $3.6 billion company. What this sounds like to me is somebody is like doing a project in college and I, doesn't really quite understand how these things work and I, is like I mean pulling numbers out of their butt is like well no it's just like it's linear growth man it's just going to no, happen No it's not even linear or it's, it's a, not even oh, I, I mean it's, it's like a kegger going of, on it's a kegger of like 32% it's ridiculous <laughs> um, but it's all from this media network this streaming media network that doesn't exist right like the revenue like it's 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 relatively flat revenue for the social media network that they're say is going to grow just exponentially in number of people, but not in how much money they're making from it. It's all coming from this thing that's going to be bigger than Netflix and HBO Go and wow. Hulu and wow. Disney together. I assume it is a is a fork of Wordle. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, totally legit. Totally legit. <laughs> right. Clearly. Just, Get in on it now, people. <laughs> okay, so we're at this tap room. Yes. They've got beers from all over the city. Yes. Uh, I think we've... Which I think is why it fits nicely is because, like, while it is not a place that makes beer, it is a place that simply serves beer from all the places we would normally be drinking yeah, beer so, at. So we've, we've had um, Goose Island. No, we've had... I had I had dovetail to start. Okay, dovetail to start. That's good. Empirical. Yes, I've been had, both uh, of those places. I had a doppelbach from Spiteful. somewhere. I can't remember where. Yeah, but it was very good. Um, what was it? Oh, Silver Morning doppelbach from Maple. Oh, you had that. It's delicious, and you are now drinking the big hugs the from big Half hugs, Acre, which is which is ten percent. I'm going to look it up because I'm afraid now. Uh, it is 10%. Yeah. Okay. It was the the one that I was looking at, which sounds fucking amazing, is the uh, barrel-aged malevolence. Like, it, just just on the name, I'm, I'm already I'm on board in. with this. It's a ch- chocolate caliente. It's a 14% ABV imperial stout. Nobody needs that. But I ever. need that. <laughs> I had a I had a beer. Um, Nobody needs from, that. Everybody needs that. Oh crap! What is it? Avery Brewing? Mm-hmm. In so I was on a okay. This is a real tangent, but anyhow, I'm going to do it. Uh, I was on a work trip, and was and the work trip I was on happened to be like 
practically walking distance from the Avery Brewery in Boulder, Colorado. And so, like, we went there after hours, like, you know, it was me and one of my coworkers and a couple of the people from the client, right? So we're working with the client. And we go to this brewery, and they have a beer called Mephistopheles. Nice. 20% ABV. Mm. Okay. I look at this, I'm like, I want this beer, but I there's no way I can <laughs> justify drinking this beer when I have to deal with clients because <laughs> I don't want to be a hot mess. So I end up like, I'm like, I'm like can I just get a taste of this because I really want to know. And it was so, so good. But uh, try it sometime. Great Lakes Brewing used to make a beer that had a similar name to yeah. that. And I, I'll come up with it in a yeah. minute, I'm, I'm sure. Anyway, this is a really cool spot because of the number of local beers they have. Um, it's a small place, cool vibe. Love it. Um, I, I think just a couple things about Illinois local that we should talk about. Um, and all tying back into other things, right? So one is Chicago still doesn't have ward maps. Increasingly right. looking that there is going to be a referendum on the ward maps, which sucks. Um, it is really hard to to imagine that people are acting in good faith on this. But there was a late Sunday meeting last week. But again, people aren't publishing the maps. They're publishing picture, grainy pictures of maps on right. mimograph paper from, you know. 1976. Right. My, least, my least favorite ward map option happens to be very nicely laid out on Google Maps. So, like, I'm like, is this is this the one? They're like, well, no, we got we got grainy no, maps. To nobody work. knows. Um, I, the other thing that I I wanted to talk about Illinois wise and budget se- season is right now, and um, I, I think that'll warrant oh, some things. I, I there's one thing I want to bring up, but go, yeah. continue. But there's this. So because of the redistricting, two Democratic candidates. So the Illinois redistricting included adding another uh, primary Latino district. Um, So fine. Uh, One of the things that they did, though, is they redistricted uh, two representatives, Sean Kasten and Marie Newman, into the same district. Yes. So these are both people that I have contributed money to in the past. Like I'm like these are people who are. Yep. Uh, so have I. I'd like to see winning. Newman was running against. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. This is very important that you remember his name. <sighs> Dan. I knew his Dan, but I couldn't remember his last Lipinski. name. Lipinski. Lipinski. That's right. So he was like, and and so this district was one where it was pretty solidly running Democratic, but he was kind of, and he was the guy who was running for that for a while but what happened was a lot of republicans were voting for lipinski because right. he was a more conservative democrat life yeah and like and like to the point that like that was a district where they actually had a republican who was a nazi running for the republican party because yeah nobody was even paying attention and, to that race yeah and sean Caston ran against uh everybody's favorite uh lieutenant governor option genie ives yes right yes, who yes, is yes. Absolutely insane, right? Yeah. Uh, to so be clear, go, though, two, two people. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's great. Let's go. Well, like, to, okay. to be clear, Dan Lipinski was in with the Democratic establishment in Illinois, very much so. Uh, yeah, and I think there was not a lot of uh, happiness in that <laughs> that establishment when Marie Newman won. Yeah, and I, and I was, like Marie Newman. Yeah, 
uh, her office is across from Marjorie Taylor Greene's, so you may have seen the flag battle between them. Marie Newman put up the trans flag. Uh, you know, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, um, but Marie Newman. And, yeah, and also I want to just call it like that. There was a lot of effort by, like, there was the 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 D triple C was like there was yeah. like the rules about like could you hire people could, from other. Yeah, like there was a lot to like attempt to just make it harder for people who are outside of the party to right. run against to, to run against people, people already elected, uh, etc. Lots of rules there, written and unwritten, um, with contractors and consultants, yep. and even getting access to the voter data. Yeah, it was basically if you work for Marie Newman, you're never working for Demo- the Democratic Party, and yeah. Well, and so there was some speculation that part of this redistricting was to try to get rid of her because they believe Sean Caston who prior to being a representative had started a company in renewable energy. Yeah. He's a smart dude, nerdy dude. Um, you know, another white guy, very smart white guy. Uh, but yeah, you know, but, but the idea was like, well, we think that, you know, maybe he could get rid of Marie Newman. And I think uh, this is also part of like the redistricting Kinsier and, and all of that. Yeah. So, so then it came out that before the last election, Marie Newman approached somebody that was potentially going to run against her in the primary, against her and, yeah, well, just run in the primary. Yeah. And offered that person a job as a congressional staffer if she ran in exchange for that person not running. Yes. At a pay rate much higher than the average congressional staffer. Yes. Also... Uh, agreed to take specific positions that were against Israel, pro-Palestinian. I don't know how yeah. you want to necessarily phrase it, but but basically agreed to a certain political platform as a part of that agreement. Which it's it's weird, and then it kind of rides this line between. Yeah. And this is, you know, I mean, if you think of, think back to, uh, you know, it's fucking Golden Bogoyevich is like there's this there's this there's this spectrum of behavior that that exists in politics yeah. between like active bribery and and to the things that are negotiations within politics about, you know, I'll give you a bit of this. You give me a bit of that. And this sort of normal horse yeah. trading that happens. So but. In the end, she won. She did not give that person a job. Correct. That Which person there was a sued lawsuit them. over. Yes. Um, that person sued her. There was a settlement. Um, her defense has been, well, I didn't do anything wrong as a congressperson because I wasn't a congressperson when I signed this contract. How do you feel about that? I <laughs> I don't know how I yeah. feel about it, but like... Yeah, I, I mean... Policy positions are one thing for me, but... I mean, in the abstract of saying, of like... Like, I mean, here's the thing. If I go to somebody and they're like, they're talking about running against me for an office that I want to run for... or Dog I'm, catcher, or I'm, right? Right, dog catcher. I don't know why I would be running for office in the first place, but whatever. Let's assume I wanted that was something I was interested in. Um, having a conversation with somebody, say, "Hey, like I'll I'll re- take on these positions that are important to you, and you don't run." 
Like, it feels that's, like, reasonable to me. I, right? I think it's, we expect that to happen. I, right, I, we expect that, that to Bernie happen. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, when it starts getting into I give you a job, it starts crossing into a little bit yeah. more questionable. At the same time, it's like I'm – and you can – you know, if I'm building up my staff and I think you should be a part of my staff because I want to get your input, you know, and that will be part of our deal. Like, it's just – and I think this is the trick is like, where does that line shift from this is an ethical, reasonable thing to do to yeah. now we're actually into something that's should should be criminal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's and there's also a big difference between unethical in my mind and criminal. But yeah, but to me, like, if you think that person has value as your foreign policy advisor, right, then bring them into your campaign immediately. Yeah. Start paying them immediately. Yeah. Then, like, hey, I know you want to run. I think we have a better chance of success together. Right. Come into my campaign now. Right. Let's work on, I, like, the whole behind the scenes and then not giving them a job. Like, that is actually the part that tells me that it was disingenuous from the start and just. Right. Because that suggests it was a quid pro quo more than it was just like a, hey i think we've got some alignment yeah. here let's not run against each other let's let's yeah the goal is to get to rid of dan lipinski yeah. which it was which yeah. is, you know um personally yeah, and I, that's, think and I think it's important context here is that basically by that person not running that meant that she gets a little bit more of the vote which means yes. it's more likely that she'd be able to beat lipinski and right. so because she and lost this is to, the, Pins- and to this lipinski gets, by 630 votes or right. something in the previous and, cycle and this gets at the 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 problem with having a winner-take-all approach to our elections is that, you know, that that sort of thing happens. Yeah. So. Okay. Anyhow. So. Anyhow. It's complicated, but it definitely doesn't help her relative to running against Sean Caston, who no. doesn't have that going on. So. No. No. No, he does not. Um, one quick thing I wanted to bring up uh, is... Uh, there's been, I mean, one of the things that's happened cr- during the course of the pandemic is there's been an increase in crime um, throughout the city. And, you know, there's been a couple instances that have happened in my neighborhood recently that was like, there was like a, there's a, a shooting, like literally like two blocks from my house. There was a carjacking not far from me. And it's like, and it's obviously disconcerting on some level. And I've been watching you know, the standard sort of neighborhood watch groups or whatever, and they're kind of, like, freaking out about these things. And Allfears.com. Allfears.com. And, like, and like well, you know, like, calling on the, like, what is the alderman doing about this? And da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, well, and then I see the uh, the letter come out from my alderman, who is, uh, you know, who's uh, I'm really a big fan of. Um, Same Matt, alderman is right here. Yes, Matt Martin. Um, so, Matt, when you're listening. Matt, if you're listening, rate us on iTunes, but yeah. not Spotify, because f- yeah. them. And and he was basically like talking about like yes we're having more police patrols like okay yeah that makes sense and then it was very explicit about I'm working with a local anti-violence organization that is trying to calm things down basically that a lot of this is likely a side effect of a particular gang war and we're trying to like get some people to like negotiate and help calm that down and I'm like that is how you actually deal with this is being proactive and trying to stop things from happening before they happen. And I think a lot of the reaction we see from people is, well, yeah. we just need more cops, harsher sentencing. It's like, that's that, there's literally, yeah. there is literally no data that suggests any of that works. No. Anti-violence programs, things like that, there's plenty of data that suggests that it actually works. 
So I don't just want to bring yeah, that up. Yeah, no, it's, it is interesting. And um, so I live in a neighborhood. Uh, so, so we're actually meeting probably geographically equidistant from our two houses. Pretty close, yeah. yeah. Pretty close. Um, I live west, you live east. Yeah. Um, you live in this ward, I live in a different ward. That's right. I live in a ward where the alderman has uh, very publicly been defunded the police, yeah. know, those sorts of things, but also then publicly saying we need more police in our district. Um, we have fewer, I've heard fewer gunshots in my neighborhood in the last year. Yeah. Because they've moved east. So like the Ravenswood neighborhood. Lucky me. <laughs> yeah, the Ravenswood, the Ravenswood, uh, uh, or Al- sorry, Albany Park still has a problem with crime, um, but Ravenswood Manor has had more crime yeah. um, than it had before. And I, my feeling is that all of those, all of the aldermen are disconnected from a real ability to make the right to make changes right and, well and that's that's the hard part here and i don't like, hold them to that yeah in in any way i think we struggle with a combination of um terrible mismanagement at the city level yeah across everything um a a police union which is uh also detrimental to it's run by a, a Nazi basically <laughs> I mean not gonna quite put there, it in a different way um, I just think that there's a you know again it's the the whole just like the maps like are people do we yeah. think that they're they're working together to try to solve the problems or protect themselves and I think it's the latter um, yeah. and I, it's a it's a problem that's not going to go away, but in our next episode, we're going to talk about the mayoral candidates and where Lightfoot is trying to go or not go with this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I wish aldermen like Matt Martin good luck in trying to, to work those avenues, but, you know, as long as you have people who are unemployed and desperate for one reason or another yeah. that... You know. Well, and a lot of this is reacting to decisions that were made about our city 20, 30 years ago yeah. that you're now having to deal the with. The great patchwork quilt that yeah. is. Yes. So, anyhow. anyway. I think, we're, I think we've pretty and much on got that. it covered, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us. In yes. In our, Matt, thanks in for our listening. 75th anniversary podcast. Uh, and it's been a, a, a very long uh, gap since our last podcast, which we have been very sad about. So we're happy to get this back up and running again. Yeah, but it was the peak. We couldn't cross the... Um, yes, we're, yeah, we're not, me- we're not messing with crom, the peak. Um, Omnicron. Omnicron. Um, omni- om- Omnicron. Yeah, Omnicron. All right. Well, Unless thanks you're pronouncing it in the original Greek, and then it's something different, but that's okay. Thanks, everybody, for All joining right. us. Take care. Stay everybody. safe. Bye-bye. Bye.